Welcome to the OFD Podcast! I love that intro the last time. I just I thought I had to do it again. I am your host, Joshua Vole, site manager, emperor, supreme warlord, and defender of the faith over at onefootdown.com on the SP Nation Network. And with me, with the trifecta is back, Jude Seymour, Brandon McAlinden. What's up? <laughs> I was just thinking of people like my wife who go to sleep with podcasts. And, you know, maybe this is the next podcast up or whatever. And all of a sudden, <laughs> Josh is like, hello. Where Good morning. The hell up? <laughs> uh, RIP yeah, people with earbuds. Uh, com- all those comments about my my uh, my voice being uh, an irritant to them. That was smooth. There's no rasp in the yell. So <laughs> so you're welcome, I guess. Oh, man. I tell you, you know, what's not smooth. Ah, oh, that's my my. Tell you what, it's my uh, lower back and ass. Cause today was Dingus Day, boys, and my wife was going to town with that pussy willow branch, just whipping me with it. I hit it with that bucket of water, and next thing you know, she's just coming at me. <laughs> that's right. Happy Dingus Day to all those out there. Late Dingus Day for those that are listening to the podcast. Just a, it's a just another. Uh, Another great holiday in the in the coronavirus uh, history books now. Yeah, they'll never uh, they'll never do it again. I mean, the two of the biggest drinking days of the year, St. Patrick's Day and Dingus Day, gone. <laughs> yep, yep. When gone. I think of drinking, Just, I think of gone. Dingus Day. Like, it, like this couldn't have happened on Valentine's Day. I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, Ridiculous. Oh man, we got. Uh, I think we got a heck of a show coming up for you guys here tonight. Uh, we are going to be talking about Notre Dame's unclaimed glory. Uh, years that Notre Dame did not win a national championship, but according to OFD law, they actually did. Uh, but so it, it gets a little tricky with with the way we're wording things. So in the case of this podcast, we're going to pretend uh, basically they didn't win any type of a national championship for these years that we're talking about. But we all know, uh, if you are a follower and reader of One Foot Down, we claim 21 of the 22 national championships uh, next to Notre Dame's name. So, just, you know, you need, you need, you need to know the goods before we get rolling. Uh, and speaking of goods, fellas, are you ready to hear some, hear some goods? You want to hear some good re- reviews? Are people saying, are the people on the internet, are they a buzz with the nice things? They are a buzz. I, that, that's a good word. Uh, <laughs> if you if you're a new listener, uh, just remember that uh, if you go to Apple Podcasts, uh, give us a rating, and also please leave a review. And any review read or left there will be read on the OFD podcast, uh, word for word. Although it is not legally binding, uh, such as things as me actually believing Tombstone's trash pizza is better than Home Run in. Or things like give me a job. Although I was, I said yes. I have yet to hear from the guy. These things aren't legally binding, but I will read them uh, verbatim. Trash. So let's get it. Let's so get to it. Let's get to it. All right. First one tonight. Five stars from former Screen Junkies fan. Best ND podcast bar none. As an esteemed Frank Leahy scholar, I deeply appreciate Josh's mutual love for the master. 
Josh, Jude, and Brendan are an amazing trio that all bring a different perspective and personality to the show. I especially love their history discussions and anecdotes about their experiences with the Irish. I do miss Wes and Martin and hope they can come back in some capacity someday. The One Foot Down crew has been killing it this offseason, and it's been a truly a treat during this quarantine. 100 out of five stars. That's a lot of stars. Wow. Odd. All right. That's a hell of, Thank you very much. That's a hell of a review. Hell of a review. And just to let, uh, if, if anyone wanted to know, I actually just talked to Wes today. Uh, I've been, I've been, I've been fit, getting the feels about uh, making sure reaching out to uh, to friends and family. Uh, so I, and Wes is definitely that. So I gave him a buzz today. He what well, he's doing just fine. Him and his uh, fifty kids, they, <laughs> they're out in the middle of the country now and uh, isolated, and uh, they are doing just great. He's happy and uh, uh, good to go. So if, if any of you all are interested, he's good. I. No update on Martin. I, we, we didn't discuss Martin today. Uh, maybe the next time I'll have an update on that. Uh, next review from Scott ND44. Five stars. My favorite podcast. I've been a Notre Dame football fanatic since 1993, eight years old. Although it has had difficult moments, I wouldn't change it for the world. You three are awesome fans who put out solid content and keep it entertaining. In my opinion, you are also getting better. So that's really good for you. I support what <laughs> you're doing all the way. If I may suggest something to discuss, will Brian Kelly complete his quest to win a title? What is holding him or ND back? In my opinion, he is one big win away, similar to Clemson in 15, to turning the corner. Seriously, can he do it? Be safe, guys. Well, thank you, Scott. And uh, I think there's been a lot of questions within these reviews. So I definitely think there's going to have to be an episode where we address all these questions. Uh, that, that might be a good mega Mega so because like just one of these questions, fuck, we could talk two hours on. I was gonna I say, Scott's question, I could we could talk a lot about. Uh, we sure could. Uh, go on. And so Scott, uh, that would be something to look forward to because at some point we will run out of a little bit of bullshit to talk about, and so we will definitely <laughs> dip into all these questions and uh, and have some fun with it. So thank you very much for that review. Uh, and then the last one uh, tonight from Irish Fan eighty eight five star review. Talking like a true Notre Dame fan, when I want to listen to inside knowledge on the Irish football program and what's going on inside the Goog, I listen to Irish Illustrated. When I want to hear a podcast full of heart and fire that sounds like the passionate Notre Dame fan I listen to is one foot down. You guys get me laughing with your content you cover on a regular basis. Keep up the podcasts. They're the only thing getting me through this quarantine. The only wow. thing. Awesome. That's the thing. That, that's a lot of fucking pressure. <laughs> That's a lot of pressure to perform. So thank you very much, guys. Thank you very much. I've been threatening this this for two years, but I have an article started in our content management system about the the best podcasts. uh, Because I listen to Irish Illustrated, too. uh, And I listen to actually listen to a ton of them. Um, And one of these days, I am going to put out my list and then have everybody just be mad at me for a solid week. But, um, there are, there are a lot of good podcasts out there and I keep discovering them. Like, uh, Spotify has been kind of a goldmine for people having podcasts. Um, and I ran into one, I think it's called the one man fan podcast. And I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, the guy just talks to himself, but it was, uh, it, you could tell there's a real passion there. So, I listen to a lot, and I'm and I'm always glad when people say that we're their favorite because that that's that's totally cool to me because there's a there's a lot of people you could be listening to, 
And uh, for yeah, you guys, there's a lot of times we've got done with the show and been like, what the fuck did we just do? Like, <laughs> there's a lot of times where we're like, that's a great show. And then we'll be like, oh my God, what the hell did we just do? And then we're here like, this is the greatest. Like, really? You guys like that shit? <laughs> Fantastic. Well, yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of times where I'll, I'll get off, I'll start laughing at something that Brendan said or, you know, some sort of conversation. And I said, well, guys, I had fun. I'm not sure anybody's going to listen to two hours of that, but like I had a blast. And then, and then you hear from people. So it's been really affirming and, and, and uh, thanks everybody for giving us the, the ratings and the reviews. Keep them coming. We'll, we'll keep reading them because they're great. We'll read the bad Absolutely. stuff too. I'm just going to go out on yeah. here and say that since I proclaimed Brian Van Gorder as a hero of Notre Dame, um, the five-star reviews have been rolling in. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> that that might have been the uh, the golden ticket. I think that's and the so golden just, ticket. Is people just needed that, <laughs> you know, reaffirm their their belief that he's a hero. So yeah. I mean, in some way, yeah, in some ways that you, you were absolutely right that he was uh, because he's gone. That, that's very heroic. He's gone. very good. And uh, <laughs> we had some good memories last season with BVG. So. And so before, and before we move on to I just want to give a quick plug too for the uh, for the OFD bookcast. Uh, you could go back and listen to those episodes. The last episode, I could only do one chapter. It was, it was all about Frank and it took, uh, I think it was like 35, 40 minutes, which yeah. was about. 10, 15 minutes longer than I wanted it to be. Uh, and it could have been an hour and a half. I had to really, and I did, I had to cut that down like on the fly, like shit, I'm just going to have to get past this. So hopefully I'll listen to that. Um, I'm hopefully putting those out, uh, as regularly as they need to be. It's a very slow, slow roll through a pretty easy read. So, um, but something for, uh, something for you guys to look forward to, I guess. If you guys want to hear Josh do some fantastic character voices, uh, you better be tuning in. <laughs> I'm a, I am uh, currently practicing my era impersonation, and it's just oh. it's just not sounding right. It's it, you know I did Rockney great because Rockney's an easy accent. You set the bar he, so really high. An easy voice. And it's an easy one to do. Leahy because I can I could never do an Irish brogue really correctly. Where he, sometimes it ends up going Scottish and then it goes Russian. Uh, <laughs> that was that, yeah, that was the it's the Paul yeah, Rudd effect. Irish, Irish brogue. Well, because. <laughs> And because he doesn't, Frank didn't do his angrily. It was very, um, Latner is the, is the king of it, right? Like every interview they talk about Leahy with Latner, Latner's just like rolling it right off. And you ask, actually, they say, you know, ask. It actually reminded me of groundskeeper Willie more than it probably reminded me of Frank Leahy, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, <the effort>. that's, <laughs> that's what I was afraid of. <laughs> so, so. I'm trying here. I'm not a professional voice actor. Uh, although I did have a couple of girlfriends once tell me I should be in radio. Uh, but that was probably on like year four of smoking instead of year 17. Uh, what am I like 11 years and I'm 11 years done with smoking. So <laughs> just think of how bad it could have been y'all. Yeah. All right. So we are talking unclaimed glory, Notre Dame national titles. If you, uh, if you were on the site on Monday, uh, we had a couple of posts up and uh, mine was kind of a redo of a post I did a couple of years ago uh, about Notre Dame. And I mean, I really don't think a lot of people don't know about uh, Notre Dame's unclaimed national championships. And the biggest reason why I make such a big deal out of it is Notre Dame has a freaking plaque that lists them all and calls them co-national champions. Yet 
they don't list them in their media guides. And I even broke out the Notre Dame uh, football encyclopedia. I got uh, the big, uh, you know, printed version book of it just to see what they said about it in in there in each season. And none of them stated anything about national. Kept saying they missed out, missed out, missed out. And I'm like, what the hell are you guys doing? Uh, claim the damn things. Just fucking claim them. They're they're yours, and no one can tell you that. Whatever you put in, and Roger Valdeseri, um uh, said this once. He's like, whatever you put in the media guides, the fans are going to believe in. So you can put anything in there. Notre Dame just chooses not to do that. I don't. It doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, but uh, there's a there are ten of them. Maybe the plaque changed. It would be ballsy. It would be extremely ballsy. Uh, because 2012 is technically a co-national championship because of the Coley index. Uh, it would be ballsy if Notre Dame ended up putting 2012 down as a co-national champion on that plaque. Uh, I, know. <laughs> I know you don't think so. How many teams lost? How many teams didn't lose a football game in the calendar year of 2012? Uh, one. Oh, okay. Just put it there. <laughs> Too bad we, we do things in seasons, not calendar years. Hey, man, yeah. uh, Alabama claims one in 1973. <laughs> yeah, it says the guy who can't do decades, right? Yeah, no <laughs> kidding, Judy. Wait, wait, figure out a decade. Just, wait, I do decades fine. Brendan twisted my words, and all of a sudden it's now become this ongoing thing that I can't do decades right. Like, I clearly oh, know what decades It's centuries. It was always about centuries. It's never been about decades. It's the same thing. No, it's not. It's different. What century is the year 2000? What was Prince partying for, Jude? What was Prince partying for? He's partying like it was 1999. So let's get get into this noise. So if you didn't know, I'll list them off real quick. There are 10 national title years that Notre Dame has as co-national champions on a plaque somewhere uh, that they don't list in, in their media guides or anything like that. And that's uh, 1919-1920-1927-1938-1959-1960-1971-1972-1973-1979-1979-1979-1979-1979-1979-1979-1979-1979-1979-1979-1979-1979-1979-1979-1979-1979-1979-1979-1979-1979-1979-1979-1979-1
and they dropped to number two behind ten and zero Maryland. Maryland was done with its season; it had just beaten uh, Alabama. So the following week, uh, Notre Dame improves to eight zero and one with a win. And the final poll comes out: it's ten and zero Maryland as number one, and eight zero and one Notre Dame as number two. And you think to yourself, okay, well, you know, one team won 10 games and, and didn't have a blemish on their record. So, like, they're number one. That that makes a lot of sense. Well, fast forward. Uh, not only does Notre Dame improve its record to 9-0-1 and then end its season, uh, but Maryland goes and plays Oklahoma in the Orange Bowl. And they lose 7 to nothing. So now they're 10-1. and They finish their season at 10-1. and And Notre Dame is the only unbeaten team remaining. There's no other team with zero in the loss column, right? And so you think to yourself, okay— you know, maybe I could make a case for, for Notre Dame over, over Maryland, you know, or you could say, well, Maryland won 10 games, Notre Dame didn't win 10 games. But here's where it comes down to me, for me, where it comes down for. Uh, they had common opponents, and one of those common opponents was Oklahoma, who finished the season uh, ranked number four uh, before they beat Maryland, right? And so uh, Notre Dame beat them uh, 26-21 in the first week of the season, and Maryland lost to them. So they had a common opponent. And they also played North Carolina. Notre, uh, Notre Dame uh, beat them by 20, and I think Maryland beat them by 26. So it, it was that was basically a wash. I'm not sure you really learned anything from, from North Carolina, but that the Oklahoma one, to me, is the, the differentiator. In you Oklahoma? Lost, yeah. That was lost, in Norman, too. You, you lost to the one team uh, that didn't lose again, by the way, for four years until they lost to Notre Dame in 1957, November 1957. Um and so, Notre, and Oklahoma finished the season nine one one. They tied Pittsburgh in the second week of the season, and then ripped off nine straight wins. Um, and Oklahoma beat Maryland, and uh, Notre Dame beat Oklahoma. I mean, I I don't know that it gets more straightforward than that. Um, you know, the tie against Iowa that's not that's not a bad tie. I mean, Iowa finished, I think I think ranked twenty in the polls. I'd have to look that back up again or whatever. But they finished um, tenth. Iowa ended up, yeah. Okay. So I looked at the strength of schedule. And I thought, well, maybe Maryland played a, a you know, a, a tougher schedule. Um, no, no, that's not right. Uh, they basically played the same exact <laughs> schedule. Um, Maryland opponents were 58, 47 and six, uh, Notre Dame opponents were, um, 50, 40 and eight. So Notre Dame winning percentage of opponents was 551, and Maryland winning a percentage of opponents was 550. And they beat uh, Missouri, who was six and four, Washington and Lee four four and six, Clemson three five and one, Georgia three and eight, North Carolina four and six, Miami of Florida four and five, uh, and then they actually started playing some decent teams. Uh, George, although George Washington also finished five and four, so they played Washington and Lee and George Washington in the same in the same season. So. I mean, it's 1953. It's a whole different time then. So I, I, uh, I don't know. It's it's one of those weird instances where uh, the team was was declared the national champion, and they weren't even their conference champion because it was the first year of the ACC, and the ACC decided that they weren't going to declare a conference champion. And Duke actually went four four and zero uh, in conference, and Maryland and Duke weren't on the 53 schedule to play each other. So. We don't even really even know what they would have done if they had played Duke that year. So, um, not to say that they weren't a good team. They only gave up 38 points the entire season. The most that they surrendered in a single game was 13 to Georgia. So, I, I mean, the 53 Maryland team was legit, but 
the 53 Irish team is the deserving national champions as far as I'm concerned. 1953 ACC scheduling still fucking Notre Dame over. <laughs> Something's never changed. <laughs> <laughs> Something's never changed. So, yeah. So, uh, so I've been looking up at, you know, I've been doing some research and, and, uh, actually the old blue gray, gray sky, uh, website jay from that from that wrote a really great article about the 53 team and and it's titled what if notre dame wanted to claim another national championship and obviously uh, uh, i'm sorry that was pat that wrote it uh, i'm fully in pat's corner uh, on that and uh you know basically since then we've done a lot of these exhaustive lists uh you know sagarin just came out with a um, top 150 teams to celebrate the college football's 150th season um they ranked Notre Dame's 53 team is the 71st best college football team of all time. The 53 Maryland team wasn't even on the top 150. So S&P plus considers them to be the fifth best team of the 1950s. And Maryland was the ninth best team of the 1950s. So there's a lot of evidence pointing towards analytics. People thinking, well, that's not just about wins and losses It's about how dominant this team was. And, and, you know, Notre Dame's team was obviously pretty dominant. Who was the, who was the coach of Notre Dame in 1953? Frankly, who was the coach of Notre Dame in 1954? Uh, Terry Brennan. Does does college football usually give coaches some sort of nice send off um, in their final season? <laughs> I I heard that they do that. Uh, I, I believe it's called the Bobby Bowden Memorial Award, right? I, I believe what that's what it is called. Great Bobby Bowden's going to leave a memorial award. <laughs> he might um, die. It's uh, he might die. I believe it's also called because I, I think we'll end up going back to this. Um, the uh, Bernie, checked, the Bernie Beerman. I believe it's the Bernie Beerman Award as well when they gave uh, was uh, Minnesota a national championship in Leahy's first season. The Leahy should have credit for as well when Notre Dame got screwed over by the the polls in 1941 um, when they gave it to Bernie Bierman in his his 10th season. And it, they were thinking that it might be his last before old WW2, um, and they gave it to, to Bernie. Josh, I guess nope. I was asking you, just because you're kind of a historian on, or read a lot of books about this era, do you have any idea why the polls were so hot to trot to declare a national champion before the bowl games were played? That seems to make no sense to me at all. That's why Notre Dame didn't go to bowls. <laughs> right. If, they, if, they didn't count. If they, uh, and there was complaints about Notre Dame not going to bowls, uh, but the clear answer was if they wanted Notre Dame, just like, I mean, the complaints about Notre Dame not being in a conference, uh, it's simple. Uh, there's a, clearly Notre Dame could get outvoted, uh, you know, if if people wanted to force them to join, they could. Uh, but uh, just like back then, you know, if they wanted Notre Dame uh, in bowl games, they could have just waited for the polls uh, for the national championship for after the bowl games. But the bowl games started as a it, it all has to do with college football's love affair with tradition, even back then. Um, and you're talking about these are more like exhibition after the season. So it, they didn't really look at them as as deciders of who was a champion of a season. Um, you know, that came, that came later, uh, as there was more bowls and, and they became bigger deals. Um, and you know, it, it took, you know, Notre Dame went to one bowl game, 1924 Rose bowl. And then what was the next, what was the first year Notre Dame was back? Was it 60, uh, 67? Yeah. No, no, no. As far as 
Yeah. Uh, so. Because uh, 63, they went uh, nine and uh, one. Or, uh, yeah, yeah. 63, they went two and seven. 64, they went nine and nine and one. I was going to say, Hugh DeVore was 63 and they were terrible, right? Yeah. That was first season. They went nine and one and lost to USC. They wouldn't won a national title if not for that game, winning a classic game, which I'm sure a friend of the pod, Greg's going to end up finding a tape for 64 game and watching doing that one, right? (laughs) Hey, uh, Greg. Did they go to a bowl in 64? (laughs) No. No, they did not. Oh. They did not go to a bowl game until 1967 because bowl games didn't count in the AP polling until okay. 1960, 68. Uh, 1968. Yeah it, yeah. yeah, it was a 68 season. It was the um, – or excuse me. It was the 1969 season, uh, 1970 Cotton Bowl was Notre Dame's 19, first, 1966. first bowl game since, since the Rose Bowl. Era wins. Era wins a natty in '66, going 9-0-1, finishing the season in the Coliseum, going, winning right. 51 right. nothing. So, right. the, and then in '67 they do go. They end up going to the Orange Bowl and uh, beating um, beating my. Or nope, they didn't go. They didn't go to a bowl game. Um, they uh, played in so the 69, Miami. '69. It was a Cotton Bowl against Texas. Yeah. Or and it they was the 69 season, 1970 Cotton Bowl. I was going to yeah, say 1960, seven, yeah. 1968 was the first year that the AP Bowl considered uh, counting um, bowl games. So Notre Dame. Which is an amazing guess, time frame from, so for the history. What, I mean, are you, 1968. Are you, are you yeah. suggesting, Josh, that they were doing this for to, not only to probably for financial reasons, but also looking out for student welfare? Uh, yeah, for of course. Notre Dame. Like if these were meetingless well, exhibitions, I mean, uh, if the if the yes, if the Notre, Dame, Notre Dame's whole premise about not going to bowl games was, you know, was about the academic calendar year, uh, and that it was a, too big of a distraction and interference uh, with school. But at the same time, they had they had no pressure. There was no reward uh, for them other than going to a warm weather to to play a football game. As far as national championships were concerned, so until right. that got factored into it. Then the move was made because they had to make that move if they were going to stay competing for national championships. There's no way in hell, uh, you know, anyone was going to vote Notre Dame number one once, you know, once they started having the votes after bowl games, if Notre Dame wasn't going to a bowl game. Yeah. And that's why Notre Dame's bowl history, you know, they've they've only gone to 38 bowl games in their their history. And you think about the storied history of Notre Dame football, you know, that huge gap between 19 – the 24 season and the 1969 season, just 45 years. That's a long freaking think about how many bowl games uh, they would have been in that in those 19, yeah, sure. you know, those 45 years and how many they would have won. I mean, our bowl record is, is trash really, but I was going to say maybe 19 and 19 or yeah. Throw in those, throw in those 45 years. Uh, you're, you're picking up quite a few. Uh, so it's, you know, it is what, I mean, it is what it is. It's what we're living with now. Um, right. And as I always say too, yeah, Basically, I look at like 1980 as like the the cutoff for for what matters. You know what I mean? Uh, to to me, I mean, I, for other people it'll be different, but to me, I look at modern era football. If you have got to pick an arbitrary year, I just pick 1980. That's that's when the modern era for me uh, in college football is. It, th- that's still a long ass time ago. You know, that's <laughs> you know that's 40 years ago. That's still a long ass time. But um, you know, anything pre before that. It just kind of, uh, it's, it's archaic. Uh, and right. I mean, hell, it was archaic going into the nineties. Uh, and we'll get into all that anyways, but that's what's, I mean, that's, what's great about college football, right? I mean, what other sport uh, is so insane 
where you could have these debates. I mean, that the, the whole base talk radio newspapers, uh, ESPN in the nineties was incredible because of the debates, uh, about college football and national champions and all that because of the different ways it went about it. Uh, and all the restrictions that they place on themselves with, you know, bowl affiliations and, you know, you can never seem to get, you know, the best two teams playing together as was the whole point of the BCS. And it's just insane, but it's, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Uh, but it's all, it's all gone. It's all that is, has gone away. Uh, and only, I only, I don't, in my mind, the only thing, and I hate saying this, I'm, I, I want to vomit saying this, but it, it is the honest to God truth. The only thing that's going to save college football and save the college football season. And I can't believe I'm fucking saying this is expanding the playoffs Fuck. to at least eight teams. No, it's bullshit. And that I hate ruins it. Everything. But, Cause it, everything no, you just no, said, no, 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 everything no, that you said, you just listen, loved listen, is listen. now thrown in the dumpster. But, but no, the only thing from fucking August until November the only thing talked about, the only thing, is the damn playoff and four teams. That is it. I remember growing up and having Ivy League and Patriot League scores scrolling, giving enough time to them to like just go through a game real quick. It, it, ever since this playoff came about, and it, it started happening with the BCS a little bit, but ever since this playoff came about, it is all about that and that alone. Would you like it louder or softer? No, Siri. Uh, <laughs> here's the thing, Josh, is why why stop at eight? So you're, so you're, you're going to pivot you, to eight, listen, and then we're going to have some two and three long Hold on, let me finish my thought. Jumping into the mix, and then why not Siri 16? interrupted me. Siri interrupted me. Let me split it up. If you expand it to eight teams, now, the, now there's more importance on the regular season because of who's going to come out of conferences, what's you know what's happening there. There's a wider scope. Listen, me five years ago kicked the shit out of me for saying this because I the value of the regular season of college football to me is so high. It is such a cutthroat. It should be such a cutthroat season, and we, it's what I love about it. But now it is so ridiculously focused on playoff, 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 playoff that so much great football gets lost in the mix. It gets lost in the discussion and gets lost in the narrative. Um, you know, I guess I don't mind not talking about the Heisman as much, but think the Heisman as a discussion has been completely lost in the last couple of years, which is that's a great byproduct uh, that we're not wasting our time on that. But it is solely because they could dedicate more time in fricking the second week of September talking about who the four teams are going to be instead of focusing in on what is actually happening across the country with, you know, inside the Pac-12 or whatever. Uh, they they've completely, you know, just diluted the conversation pool. Well, it's going to be even more diluted. Do you remember 2018 here in Kirk Herb Street huffing his own farts in the back of the back yeah, of the but bus? He and then coming out and, no, but then he comes out here and he talks about Michigan being better than Notre Dame, right? Because Michigan was ranked fourth, Notre Dame was third in the second to last poll. And then Michigan gets waxed by Ohio State. Ohio State. And where does Michigan end up finishing the season ranked, the regular season ranked? Eighth. The Notre Dame and Ohio State games don't matter. Michigan still ends up being ranked, and they get to go play Alabama. So it didn't matter that, that they lost to Notre Dame. It didn't matter that they lost by 142 points in like 36 Chris Olave <laughs> slants. It, none of that mattered. <laughs> I would, Michigan I and Jim Harbaugh it. gets to just like limp into the playoff, collect their check, and then but Jim Harbaugh would be like, 
hey, we're a playoff team now. Because it puts it would matter because it puts Michigan up against Alabama. And so they get their third loss, and it's an absolute fucking ass pounding. Unless uh, they go like up against Ohio, Alabama, just, just like and Tagovailoa breaks his femur in the first quarter, and then they somehow end up. Michigan ends up limping out some kind of win against no, Alabama no. in a freak manner. They, 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 they lose regardless. Listen, they lose listen regardless. to what Brendan says, though. When when a lot of coaches no, sal- salaries and bonuses are predicated about playoff, and and you make this as a recruiting pitch, we've been to the playoffs. It playoff. should be kind of an exclusive club. You know, I and I think that four and then I, I, I didn't really like four. And I am listen, in spirit. I am with you a hundred percent in spirit. Uh, but just, I'm, this is why it's so, uh, so, so hard for me to say, you know, the, to expand it, but, but it just, I cannot, I, I do not want to go through many more college football seasons where the main focus only is the fucking playoff. When there is, I'm a college football fan. Uh, if y'all didn't know, I, I don't just pay attention to Notre Dame, uh, which apparently pisses off a lot of fans, which I find hysterical. Uh, but <laughs> I, I love the entire sport and I want to, I, you only get it for so many weeks out of a year. Um, that's what's so scary about the coronavirus is that we may not get, <laughs> get our fill our little fill that we get. And just the way that, that it has gone over the last couple of, a few years of this playoff, I don't like it. I don't like I don't like the, the season, how it is. I, I understand the concerns about, uh, about the regular season, not mattering, but I still feel that the regular season as a whole matters more. If you, if you there's a little more inclusion there because there, there's simply is not just a, a three team race with a couple of stragglers for the fourth. That's what maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. And, and I so so last year, that. so last year, um, the eighth spot would have been eleven and two Baylor. Who's excited about eleven and two Baylor? Because sitting well, at I, nine I, was ten and two Alabama. It, sitting depends, at ten was nine and three it depends, Auburn. The, it just it depends on the system they come up with. Like I don't know why we even getting why we even have a fucking committee. I don't understand why we just don't have the BCS like we had and just take the rankings from there. I don't understand the whole because point. Because people didn't like the computers. They want humans, right? Yeah. I think that we found out that humans are full of shit. Uh, of course. And, humans and bring biases. Put, computers put don't. Tyrone Willingham on the, <laughs> the college yeah. football committee and the inaugural college football committee. When uh, I, I pretty much lost all faith in a committee that kept Notre Dame ranked 16th after six weeks of yeah. fucking 30 point wins. Uh, you don't move a you you move back one and then you know you move to seventeenth one week and then you move back to sixteenth and that's where you're stuck at it's it's horse shit uh, I I I I didn't mind the BCS I did, as far as how they ranked them out and if you do a four team or eight team playoff using their ranking system so be it uh, you know maybe there's a caveat for for only you know a maximum of two schools per conference uh, I you know I don't know that's the whole thing is if you do a if you do a playoff, you know, expand the playoff to eight teams or got fucking 16 would be, you know, Armageddon. How do you do it? What is your system of, of doing, you know, just, just say an eight system team and everyone's had it, right? We've all come up with our own playoff systems for the last 30 years when, you know, especially online when we're talking about this stuff, but it would all depend on how they did it, how successful it would be and how much it would keep the integrity of the, of the regular season. And none of us, 
know what they would do. They've never, they, I don't think they've made a right move since <laughs> fucking ever. Uh, so, you know, I, there's no way you could trust them to make the right decision. Well, this isn't going to be resolved before 2025 anyways. So no, and they're going to, they're going to expand it to eight and then it will eventually become 16 because that's how these things go is yeah. it. Yeah, once you give an inch, then it becomes a mile. Yeah. And, and then it'll be instead of fighting over the four most deserving teams. Then people will be upset that eight and nine, you know, should have been flipped or, or whatever, you know, right. it, it'll, it'll never end the, the, con- the debates, which are great for college football. Love no, it. I love the debates. That's but then it ruins the regular season because then it, it becomes it's a matter like of one loss doesn't all of a sudden hurt you anymore. Who cares? It's, yeah. It's I, I love, I love living God. Like if you're a Notre Dame fan, like, you like you hope and pray not to get that one loss because it, it, it you're not in control of your destiny anymore. How you know? magical it was lost, that? Like, forget about it. And the funny how thing magical, is, too, how magical was that playoff. 2012? How magical was that 2012 evening when both Oregon and Kansas State went down? It was great. Oh, no. It was, oh, it was amazing. Wes and I were just about to jump in the car and drive it to South Bend and to bed Grace Hall being lit. Like we were going to stay there. Yeah. Uh, but we realized we were both pretty trashed. Uh, so us <laughs> driving up to South Bend was probably not a smart move, but we were on the phone for two hours, damn near in tears. Finally, I mean, it was one of my favorite football moments, uh, you know, of all time. Uh, you know, look, you know, like I've said it a million times, 93, I was 15 years old, you yeah. know, 88, I was 10. In 2012, I was a, a grown man, fully aware of my surroundings and my body and, you know, can appreciate it way more. And that night was just incredible. Little did we know uh, that that was the worst night for Notre Dame in 2012. Sure um, was. <laughs> by far. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. The thing is, too, though, is if they expand the playoffs, Notre Dame's safe conference wise. Yeah. Uh, any, any discussion about Notre Dame having to join a conference to get four? There, I, I think. An expansion absolutely solidifies them uh, as an independent. And maybe in doing so, maybe that entices, you know, we talked about this in the last podcast. I, maybe that entices I, USC to say screw I'm it. I'm worried about auto bids. I'm worried about auto bidding conference champions because there have been some lousy conference champions because of probations and, and right. you know, just wacky circumstances or whatever. Like eight or four Wake Forest. Yeah. Or ninety-four Florida State way undeserving team gets in the college football playoff and has no business being there. And, and Notre Dame is on the outside that's looking why, in. That's why they didn't do enough. You know, that's why ADs and presidents are pushing for an expansion because they, everyone wants a piece of that pie. Right. And you know, but school, I, I think you got schools like in the big 12 and, and ACC. Look, I, I know, I know it will never happen this way, but the only reason, the only way I'd support eight is no auto bids and get rid of conference championships. And and so you could start the you could start the playoffs uh, a week earlier because you wouldn't have those conference championships, and also you wouldn't be rewarding people for being the best team in a lousy league, a lousy conference. But I the guess that this whole thing never run by the cop. Yeah, the SEC like, would never allow the uh, the um, the. Yeah, I, I get it. I get that it's, it's a huge money maker for them. Yeah, I get it. I get it. All right, well, we're gonna take we're gonna take a quick break, uh, and we'll come back. We're gonna come. We're going to get back on track and talking about uh, Notre Dame's lost uh, unclaimed glory. Uh, so stay with us. All right. Now that we got our playoff discussion out of our mind, we, we need to discuss 
we need to discuss some teams that uh, we barely had bowl uh, affiliations uh, with some of these years. 1953 was a fantastic uh, year to discuss because it was, uh, as Jude put out pretty good, it was, it was so interesting. And again, it was a year when you go back and look at all the ranking systems, it was a team that was loaded up uh, with all these different polls and, and whatnot that had their name as number one. It is absolutely uh, should have been Frank's uh, Frank's last last hurrah, his last national title. So here's the thing about the 1953 season. But before we pivot off of 1953, though, 1953, before the the conferences and the NCAA cracked down on it, I don't know if it exists somewhere, but NBC filmed in its entirety, every single Notre Dame football game of 1953. It was the last season. And they put them in a movie theater. Notre Dame, the NBC was allowed to do panorama coverage to do multiple ones. But in 1953, every single Notre Dame game was filmed and they ended up condensing them all for, for showing, but somewhere in some back alley, probably next to the Hawaii bowl trophy, there are tapes (laughs) Of the 1953 Notre Dame National Championship, should have been Notre Dame National Championship, uh, including the, I mean, beating the Sooners before they went on their 57-game winning streak, and then they ended up ending it. Um, yeah, it, it, that those tapes exist somewhere. So if we want to talk about releasing the tapes, NBC, NBC. Release the tapes, release all of them. Release and NBC didn't think didn't think to keep a copy of the first Super Bowl. What do you think is the likelihood that they kept the fifty three game film from Notre Dame? Oh boy, <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Uh, Listen, touche. I've never I've never understood. I, I don't I don't know what these TV people think. Listen, I, I've said this before too. My my grandfather was a uh, general manager of, of TV station of Fort Wayne, and just a, a year or so ago, and he had a. In a daytime, uh, I don't know if it was day, yeah, it was afternoon talk show uh, called Coffee Talk, and so I called the station up last year, and uh, I, I didn't tell them who he, who he, you know who he, my grandfather was to me or anything like that. Just said I was a reporter with blah blah blah, and I was looking for old footage from these years, and uh, they flat out told me that they burned them all, every bit of it, uh, and I'm like, excuse me, and they're like, yeah, they starting from like 19. 95 back they got they trashed every archived footage of this historic i mean it was it was one of the first television stations in fort wayne got rid of all the footage and i was flabbergasted i mean i was beside myself i'm crying pissed off i'm calling my mom up i'm just i was fucking livid uh i demanded to know who was uh the general manager then she wouldn't tell me i said you know how easy this is for me to just find out my own just tell me who it is uh she wouldn't (laughs) So, but TV, TV execs, whether it's big national NBC or their affiliate of NBC in Fort Wade, they're fucking morons. Uh, they do some dumb things. Getting rid of Super Bowl footage uh, is certainly, God, how ridiculous can, can that be? I mean, how did they get these jobs? if they had that film footage, the 1953 game against, um, Georgia Tech, that they had to move to South Bend because Georgia Tech refused to host Notre Dame's black football players because Georgia Tech at the time was a horrible racist institution. But they refused to play that game in Atlanta, so they moved it to South Bend. Frankly, he died on the football field. They delivered him last rites on the football field, 
And in at halftime, players are crying. He died on the football field. Well, some some of them thought it was a joke. Not a joke, but some of them did think that he was he was pulling some Frank Leahy stuff and uh, right. trying to get him motivated. Because uh, I mean, uh, you wouldn't put it past him to do that. Uh, but yeah, he absolutely had uh, his, uh, pancreatitis uh, is what it was. So yeah, they gave him his last rights down there. Absolutely it's bonkers. One of the most anti-Catholic lands there, there was at the time. Yeah. So if, if the tapes exist uh, and they didn't burn them. Release them. About. Release them. All right. Well, let's talk about a, a more recent uh, year and, and one in particular. And, and it just so happened that uh, one of our writers, uh, Nick, got a story of today, the 1980 day, 1989 Notre Dame season. Now, why the 1989 uh, Notre Dame football season is important is because it is a direct parallel to the whole 1993 fiasco. But the arguments used to make Florida State a national champion in 1993 uh, is the argument that they denied Notre Dame with in 1989. It's like it, they stole two titles from Lou Holtz, uh, at least one, but they stole two, uh, flat out. Uh, I would just make up a different argument, uh, to be it in 1989, Notre Dame played and beat the number two, the number 17, nine, seven, 17. And then the number one team in the country in Colorado, uh, in the bowl game. Their only loss did come at the hands of Miami, and I remember this game like it was yesterday. Uh, they lost 27 to 10 down in Miami, and it was a game I remember because they kept showing a graphic of a uh, of a leprechaun hanging on to a palm tree, getting blown away by a hurricane, uh, and that infuriated my father to no fucking end. Uh, like nothing could have what, insulted what him more. What was Miami ranked like, coming into that game? Seventh. Okay, and Notre Dame was one. Yeah. And so Notre Dame ended up going in, in that game or at the end of the season, Notre Dame go, went to back to Miami to play the Orange Bowl against number one ranked undefeated Colorado, which and at the time Notre Dame is now number four, right? They are number four and they beat them 21 to six. And Miami played number seven, Alabama, and beat them 33, 25. And then both the coaches and the AP and, and this was a one loss at the time, Alabama team. So they weren't necessarily world beaters. Um, Alabama had lost by 10 points in their final game of the season against Auburn in the, the um, Iron Bowl. But it's not like Miami went out and beat world beaters by this huge margin. Notre Dame blew out the number one team in the nation. And both the AP and the coaches were like, yeah, you know what? Miami did beat Notre Dame. So uh, let's just give it to Miami. To Miami. On its ledger, too, right? They lost to Florida State. Yeah, they sure did. Yes. And Florida State was to ranked a two lost Florida State team. But Florida State was ranked number four at the time that they played them? Uh, uh, nine. No, Florida State was uh, nine. No, because, I, yeah, they had lost two games already. They were ranked number nine. I, I, I could be wrong here, but I'm pretty sure they, they had lost two leading up to the Miami game. And, um, and then the. the Beat Miami, but they. And so where did, they where did Florida State, State finish in the poll? Four. Florida State lost their first two games of the season. They, fi- they finished third in the AP poll. Yeah. Okay. And then Florida State ended up rambling, you know, pulling out um, ten straight wins after starting the season zero and two. Uh, so Notre Dame lost by seventeen to the number one team 
uh, Miami lost by 14. how many to the by 14, 14 to the number three team? Yeah. Right? Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That pretty straight for me. It, yeah, I, I get, look, I, I get the whole head to head thing, and, and I'm sure people would have been. Uh, mightily pissed but uh, but then uh, again explain to me how 93 then happens i mean i guess i i understand how 93 happens but i just i, I think west virginia there's kind of screws things up and, and nebraska too but complicates things but i, I just I, I don't know i i know it feels icky to to put one team above another uh who you lost to but at the same time uh you lost to the number one team by 17 and they lost to the number three team by 14 uh, um, I think we got the better loss there, you know. Sure do and they have Notre Dame up and down that eighty nineteen. Yeah, they got the and, and wins. As Josh, wins, Josh wins. Through the whole yeah, all the there. all the wins were all incredible. Wins. I mean, against ranked teams. Yeah, do they stay ranked. All these teams stay ranked. All these teams stay ranked. I mean, Michigan yeah, ended up. Fun. Michigan ended up finishing the season seventh. USC finished the season eighth. They beat um, Colorado fourth. Colorado uh, finished fourth. Seventeenth. Michigan State finished sixteenth. Um. I think they played BYU that year. I could be wrong, but uh, if, if they did, they were ranked 22nd at the end of the year. Um, they played the Methodists, not the Mormons. You got your M, oh, M yeah, mixed okay. up. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was the uh, pony excess. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the band where they ran out of bounds. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, yeah, but yeah they, they played some good. Yeah, and Air Force oh, was just, pretty good. Air Force yeah, didn't yeah, finish yeah, sure rank, was. but Air Force, was, Air Force was pretty good. At the um, time of play, at the time of play, Notre Dame beat – Number two, Michigan beat number 17, Air Force beat number nine, USC beat number seven, Pittsburgh and the Air Force through Pittsburgh games were consecutive or three in a row. Then they beat number 17, Penn State at Penn State. Uh, and then the, it was the last season of the game that what they lost to Miami. But then they went on to beat and that was number seven, Miami at the time. Penn State ended up one. finishing ranked their 15th. They went eight. Yes. One. OK. That's so yeah. what did my what did Miami go into their bowl game ranked? They went into the bowl game ranked number two behind the number one team, Colorado. And they played Alabama. And they played number seven, Alabama. It it defies logic. The 1989 season defied more so than 93. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, we we all point to 93 because of of beating the number one team in the country, uh, Florida State, the regular season. But so quickly do people – they they don't pivot enough to the 89 season where you beat the number one team in the country in the fucking bowl game. Yeah. Yeah. You beat the, what would have been the national champion. If I was going to say down, you you let Miami have that national championship because you beat the team that was ahead of them. That's the crazy part. (laughs) That is the crazy part. Yeah. Like absolutely. You are assisting in Miami's national championship. Absolutely. Yeah. That's just, it's, (laughs) talk about like pouring salt into a wound there. You know what I mean? Especially at that, the way, the way Notre Dame Miami was, you know, it was just like this incredible heated uh, rivalry. And so you should be the national champion, but the, what you did help them win. It's just like, what the hell? The the symmetry is beautiful, right? Because Notre Dame beats the number seven team in 93, Texas A&M, and they finish second. And Florida State ends up going out there, and they they beat the number, you know, one, one, two, so, two, or two, two, yeah, number two. Yeah. So see, this is why it's so hard to get people that keep going back to the Holtz era. Like you cannot get out of the Holtz era today. People just keep focusing on it because obviously '88 
we're talking about 89. And then even in freaking 1990, you know, Notre Dame finished the season nine and three, but they could have been the best team in the country. Uh, honestly, in 1990, even with those losses, I mean, they were ranked number five uh, with two losses going into their bowl game against Colorado, where they end up getting fucking hosed on the phantom clip and lost 10, yeah. nine. But in, in that season, the 1990 season, they beat number four, Michigan, number 24, Michigan state, number two, Miami, uh, number nine, Tennessee and number 18, USC. They lost to Stanford 36, 31 in a tragic game. Uh, <laughs> and then they lost, they lost to, uh, to Penn state, uh, 24, 21. But yeah. even with that, those two losses, they were still ranked fifth in the country. It was, a, it was a shattering of a season. It was an incredibly brutal season, uh, for hearts, but you're number five. I mean, honestly, if you look at the 1990 season, if you, if they, the refs don't screw Notre Dame, even with two losses, they have a legit claim to a national title. That'd have been beating the a number one team in the country in a bowl game two years in a row. That's why Notre, that's why Notre Dame fans cannot get the Holtz era out of their head because we're, that is that type of quality production. And the 90s season was the, the 90s season was the, the Stanford game where they blamed it on midterms, right? Was, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. That's That's the Corey Booker game, right? It's midterms (laughs) just only in Notre Dame folks, only in Notre Dame. Yeah. You know, it was the fourth game of the season. And, uh, you know, it seems like, I don't know. It seems like an early time for, for midterms, October 6th, that, that seemed a little like the next week against air force would seem like it was the midterm week, which they won that game. Uh, are like we, are we missing that? Is it, is the midterms game actually the 92 game that they lost? Yeah. yeah I think the oh, 92, was, it, was it the 92 that, game, no, okay. which is the book that I'm reading right now is about the 92 season where we lost. Uh, oh Stanford. yeah. That Stanford was mid- again, October, but that's October 3rd too. So, um, oh, no. Well, one of those is the midterm game. One of those is the midterm game. And, uh, yeah. And one of the, I mean, the 92 game that's a loss, that's a national championship loss. Yeah. The, uh, the, uh, the midterms, I want to say canard because I I don't really, I don't know that it it, it can be proven out, but, uh, has dogged us. And I would, I remember during the pit game that people were saying, Oh, it's the midterms. This is why they look so bad. They're going to lose this game because of the midterms, you know? Absolutely. Uh, it, it, it's a real thing that you can't get anybody outside of the Notre Dame bubble to understand. Like no, <laughs> nobody gets it, but, but is it a real thing or you, still like the green jerseys? Like if we did five minutes of research, we'd realize that it's there. We're full of shit. I feel that it's real unless uh, the midterm game is usually a, not like a Western Michigan. It's usually a, a decent opponent. And so they have some extra stress that on a week. It just it just shows you the the razor thin margins some of these games can be played. And it's I mean it's mid season regardless. So you got some injuries, you got some bumps and bruises, uh, you got these midterms. You're going against uh, decent teams most of the time. Uh, it's it's a, to me it's a real thing. It's far more real than the Green Jersey game. Hey, I mean 2015 Clemson was midterms by the way. Just putting it out there. Okay, they came out pretty flat in that football game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, some could say that what really cost him the football game was the way that damn thing started. That in a hurricane. So, well, yeah. <laughs> you get, in terms, though, I'll, I'll use that one. No, I absolutely. I, I, the midterms, I think, is absolutely a real thing because uh, this has been going on too damn long. 
Uh, there's, maybe there's not enough data with the green jersey games, even though now it seems like we, you know, you wear them at least once a year or every other year. Well, uh, and I mean, now they're winning allowed, them. If, yeah, I was going to say, we're allowed to deviate here for just a second. I get, I get the whole green jerseys are unlucky because if you think of the, about the high profile games in which they were worn, yeah, they lost those games. But you know what? That was a good USC team that they lost to. Like, I'm not well, sure. Yeah, it was like one of the jerseys. best in college football history. I, I when I think of the when I think of the Green Jersey curse, I think of 2002 Boston BC. College. I don't even think yeah. I don't even think about 2005. I think about coming out against Boston College and doing and everything land. in their power yeah. to lose the football game. Right. Well, then you, you you also I guess the Green that were that's where it maxed out. Honestly, was 2002 BC because they had worn uh in what the Gator Bowl and what yep. other bowl game did they wear the green jersey in Brendan? Um, uh, Fiesta Bowl. Yeah, yep. green, Fiesta, uh, Fiesta. Fiesta, the Gator Bowl, both losses, and that's really when it started, you know, unraveling. Uh, because, it was pretty you know, straight because it went Gator, it, Fiesta, then it, BC, yeah, it, well, and then two thousand five. The Sugar Bowl, the Sugar Bowl was green jersey. We won. It was it was great, and no one cared. Yeah. Uh, but then you started having games where they're losing in them. And then it really topped out because you had no reason to put on green jerseys as like a motivational tool against Boston College in 2002. Like it made no sense. It was like Faust using them to beat the shit out of USC, a, t- a USC team that was bad. Like it made Charlie no sense to have using to put them on. to beat Army in 2006. Well, salute to the well, seniors, I, I, you know. Yeah. Um, and then they, 2007, they rolled them out rightfully so because they rolled out the most beautiful jerseys they've ever been in. Um, oh, they were celebrating. Yeah, back. to they were commemorate 2000 the- or 1990 or 1977. But yeah, um, what was by, it? Hey, by, the way, by the way, Wes Wes was uh very happy that the uh, 77 throwbacks made it that far in the tournament. When was uh, the last time? When was the last time Notre Dame uh, lost in a green jersey? By the way. In a primarily green, so excluding the under the lights. When was the last time they lost in a primarily green jersey? It had to been 2002 BC. Or no, 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 not 2005. But, uh, USC. USC. Seven. It was 2007. That was the last time they lost. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Since 2007, they haven't lost in a green jersey. And that moniker of cursed green has stuck with them for, what, 13, 13 years? Yeah, because yeah, anytime you mention it, there every is a time. Oh, don't wear the green. They're so unlucky. Segment of fans that are that go off about you know the unluck, and you can even show them like, look, we won all these games at them. It's, They've never looked matter. better than they did in 2018, performance-wise against Florida, Florida State. State. That's like the most complete football game Notre Dame's played in green jerseys maybe since '77, right? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I mean, they, they throw out a lot of bad army and uh, Navy teams in those green jerseys, but you yeah. know, whatever. And, you know, we'll and by the we'll way, most of Frank Leahy's football teams wore green. Oh, beautiful I, green and white. Well, while, while we're on the table, hey, listen, we're kind of getting off the subject here, and this is a actually the subject matter we should say for next week uh, when we're doing a whole jersey thing on. Uh, SB Nation next week, like we're doing the championship thing this week. But I will say this is that I'm going to piss everybody off. I absolutely cannot stand people that start bitching up and down about Notre Dame's jerseys and uniforms. This is the traditional look, the shiny gold pants and blue jersey. Fuck you. That is not the traditional look. That is a traditional look. Holtz made their look look traditional. It is not what they worn over the course of 
of the time frame that's needed to be called a tradition. Uh, and for people not to be able to get that distinction is like my biggest pet beef. Well, it's the uh, same it thing with play like a champion today, right? People are and like, you know, oh, made that you know, up like, yeah, exactly. That started in 1986 yeah. with Lou Holtz. It's an that's Oklahoma the power, thing. That's the power of Holtz. Everything Holtz did, everything Holtz did was so like traditional in nature that people just thought this went back 50 years before him. Uh, it makes no sense. People bitch about uh, the pants. So- I was watching the uh, the 1992 uh, Penn State snowball game with with all the the people that Notre Dame got together on Saturday night, and it was it was a fun watch. But during like the middle of it, somebody said, oh, "I really miss these 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 helmets. Don't you don't doesn't everybody wish they would go back to these? What the drab copper helmets? Ugh. No, I don't wish they would go back to them. I love our helmets currently. You know, Do like I, I, I don't. They have more brain injuries. No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just was like. uh, yeah, no, I'm going to I'm going to pass on these things that kind of make us indistinguishable from Navy from, on the field or from Pitt. Yeah, that yeah. I well, remember that's what I evolved remember, into. <laughs> that Air Force game. I think the Air Force was the, the last time Notre Dame wore the drab helmets because they busted them out. The what, what they're wearing now is the best helmet they've ever had. That's um, about against uh, USC 11 against USC. Yeah. yeah. In the, the, in Chris, the, Chris, Bumble the Chris Bumble. Yeah. Um, but that Are you sure th- they had them for that game. It I was that game. about one game later. No, it was 2000 of USC. They pulled out all the stops. Okay. They had okay. all the recruits train, there. Train. It was, yeah, it was, it was the last time Wes and I sat together, uh, for a Notre Dame football game because we were and three Oh and four by then, but being within arm's reach. And that was the last fucking straw. Hey, that Notre was Dame's it. gone undefeated in the regular season twice since then, as well as won double-digit games uh, four times or five times. We, perfe- we perfected social distancing before. Yeah, you guys uh, <laughs> broke that curse. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about. Uh, let's bring on another season. Uh, let you know. Oh. Let's stick with the Holtz era. What, um, oh, I thought well, we were going but, to before. Do- before we get there, I want to. I want to make sure I mention this. Um, as we're slowly churning minutes uh, out of this podcast. The big difference between Notre Dame winning, them saying that it's only 11 national titles instead of 21 or even 22, is if they claim those outright, like they should, they absolutely fucking should, that puts your national championship count for coach a lot differently. Newt Rockney goes from three to six. Frank goes from four to five. Era goes from two to five. Holtz goes from one to three. Divine still has his one. But then you add another coach into the mix, and Elmer Lane, oh he gets a Oh, no. A damn oh, no, 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 no. Hold up, hold up. <laughs> Time out. No, there is another coach who deserves a national championship. If we're, going get, by he, Alabama, if we're going by the Alabama rules of claiming national championships, which if they can claim a season where they go nine and th- or eight and three and don't even win their conference no, in they, 1941, they, or they claimed a season in which they finished ranked number 20th. Yeah, in the pool. It, I think it was 41. And 41. then in 1973, do you recall that they claimed that national championship? And this is even before their SID in the 1980s decided to retroactively add some natties. This, this is one that they've claimed since 1973 um because that's how because the upi didn't include the bowls so 1973 alabama finishes the season ranked one and do you recall who finished the season ranked number two that year the regular season it was notre dame and then a pass happened to a backup tight end in a bowl game 
against Alabama that caused them to lose a football game uh, on a last second field goal. Do you know the team that beat them on said backup tight end pass out of the end zone and then field goal to win it? It was Notre Dame. <laughs> it was Notre Dame. They ended up beating and them. In still, the game. And you still claim it. And they still claim it. So why on God's green earth can Notre Dame not go? Cause there is a, uh, uh, I believe I read it on, a, on a website. Sure. I believe yeah. I read it on a website that there is a, 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 poll that claims that in 2012 there was one team that finished the entire calendar year from january to december without a loss in the ledger and that's notre dame yeah so they don't those rankings even counted the loss you, why can't why can't we see as a fuck you to alabama grab the 2012 no, no, but, see, you, that's the thing is i'm with i'm with see, josh on this like you can't go the ucf route and maybe and, and I, I'll, I'll i'll say 40 years from now yeah, yes. maybe, but like yes, you can. Absolutely. the one thing you absolutely do not want to do is make is, is invalidate all the good work done by 1953 and all the other ones you want to legitimately claim by throwing 2012. Cause that's all the people will focus on. They'll focus on 2012 and you know what? They're not deserving. They're not deserving of, of any kind of co-national championship recognition in 2012, but they very much are for like 1953 and some of these other years that we've talked about or whatever. So I just don't want to – this conversation is so actual, actual people that should have won national championships and by tossing in this dumbass Coley Matrix thing because <laughs> they made UCF the – their, their champs in 2017. Right. Right. We, we would be in the same boat as UCF. So, But here's the thing, okay? This all started, not really started, but this is this is the crescendo hits in the 80s with uh, with Alabama's SID, who, listen, sports information directors run the NCAA football. They absolutely run life. Uh, they have so much power just from print. Like uh, former Notre Dame SID uh, Roger Valdeseri said, whatever they put in their, their media books, people are going to believe as gospel, and that's what's going to be said and told about them. So uh, this goes, Wayne Atchison, who was Alabama's SID in the 80s, he just went ahead and added the 25, 26, 30, 34, and 41 seasons. Just fucking threw them in there. And the 41 season was the one that we all look at, much like 2012. It's like, how the hell do you do that? You were ranked 20th. Yet they still count it. So he waited 50 years to do that. Uh, so <laughs> we're going to have to – or 40 years – we're going to have to at least wait 40 years to add the 2012 to that banner rack. Uh, but we definitely can't, it's just going to have to be uh, a little, for, you know, 19 or in 2000 and, uh, and 53. That's, that's the year boys. That's the year we, we, we put the 2012 up and yeah, I will be around 1953 the, up for the hundredth anniversary. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No shit. <laughs> no shit. As a as a special anniversary present to ourselves, uh, <laughs> so yeah. But I mean, it, it, that makes a huge difference in counts. I mean, we already think of these guys, Rockney, Leahy, Prestige, and Holtz as legends, anyways, right? There's there's no question. There's no denying uh, their legend status. Uh, but you know, I would say, you know, out of all of them, I I don't know if it's because of the recency bias or if it's because of um, I mean, and it is. It's because of how important post-1980 football is, which, by the way, is the last time Georgia football won a fucking national championship. Uh, it, it's got to be Holtz. Holtz absolutely got railroaded. This is this is a huge difference in his whole legacy, which is already cemented in stone uh, with a statue 
literally at Notre Dame, but adding the adding two years in '89 and in '93 is incredible. And like I said, like we said, we've already said the '90 season they were probably the best team in, in the country in 1990. Uh, you go look at the '91 season. By the end of the season, they, it, it could have been that. It was an incredible run. It was absolutely mind-boggling run of of big time wins. But if Notre Dame just goes ahead and says, you know, if if Michael Shaw just says, you know what, this is the year. We're putting it in the in the media guides. Notre Dame's got 21 national championships. You mean uh, this Katie is why? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, Katie. Uh, who I? Hey, she pronounced my last name right. Uh, so either she listens to the podcast, uh, or she just has a gift from God. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but anyways, if you just put that in the book, you're fine. You you absolutely have a leg to stand on. You have many legs, as I have listed in the. Use me. Use me, Notre Dame, for your own glory. For the love of Christ, use me. You guys aren't saying anything. No, I can get on both. I mean, if they want to use you, I'm both. Use me. I, I mean, we we could write up a book about why 53 deserves to be uh, in there. We could start off small. I mean, we don't have to grab them all at once. We could just. Let's just throw but one in there that, every couple of years and see if people do. notice. Why don't you tell no, me you why 1948 doesn't get a national championship, even though Arrow went, according to the AP pool, 9-0. and He went 9-0-1 because we didn't, as we established earlier, you don't count games after they didn't count the USC game where they tied 14-14. Wait, you said, why does, you said, four, you said 48. 48 you said 1948. Why okay. don't they get the 1948 national championship? Oh, what for, what for, is what you're talking about. Yeah, why don't or yeah, 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 yeah. era with with Leahy. So Why don't they get I the nineteen forty eight? I look forward to reading Brendan's article about the nineteen forty eight uh, championship season because I'm not actually familiar with forty eight. Listen, what I'll tell you about how Michigan ended up flip flopping them despite the fact that Notre Dame ended up winning a game against Indiana forty two to six, and that's an. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you all about that one. How somehow Michigan winning a game <laughs> close against an unranked Illinois, the voters decided to take, you know. Uh, Michigan and, and and put them ahead of, of Notre Dame where they sat is Michigan's only not co-national championship that they've had basically exactly. since the first world war. <laughs> oh man. They think they're fucking big boys. Cause they haven't won a national championship. A, a, they, Michigan has won approximately one non-co-national championship since World War One, and that was 1948. And I don't understand why Notre Dame doesn't get a claim to it. Listen, I was living in Ypsilanti in 97. And one of my, uh, one of the guys I looked up to the most in my fraternity just somehow was a, he's from Michigan, was a huge Michigan fan, but his, the, his bedroom wall had shitload of Nebraska posters. And he had he had battled for year for you know a couple of years you know saying no I am a Nebraska and Michigan fan I could have both blah 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 and then you get to 1997 so I I blame this on Slick uh, this is all Slick's fault uh, for the <laughs> for the 97 fiasco uh, and which is Michigan's shared title uh, their first yeah. of any type since uh, the war days. As far as I'm considered, 1948 is Michigan's only national title. Because if Notre Dame only counts consensus national titles, which they've had 11 of, uh, Michigan has one 
consensus national title in their entire 437-year history that they've had as they taught every team that's ever played college football, college football, and racked up 100 wins teaching teams how to play the game. They have one consensus national title, and it was 1948, and it was a season where Notre Dame also didn't lose a football game. But that's the point of this whole exercise. It's absolutely the point of this this yeah. whole thing is count the damn things. Yeah, just, if, yeah. Count them. Well, the thing that always made me nuts was uh, ESPN would do this thing where they would have the Alabama um, uh, helmet on their like on their uh, pregame show or whatever, and it'd be sitting at the base of like the game day set, and it would have the it would have a number on it, and that would represented the number of championships that Alabama claimed. And then after Alabama would win the national championship, they would on the postgame show that number would have changed from like fifteen to sixteen or whatever, right? And so. ESPN was totally like, just like you said with Roger Valadisari, they were just totally buying into this mythos and we're like, okay, they claim 15, it's 15, you know? Oh, they just won one. So let's just add one. So it's 16 or whatever. And they're just, they don't want to, they don't want to get in debates about 1941. So like, just, just claim them folks, just claim them and take whatever grief you're going to get for the season that you get it. And then 10 years from now, nobody will still be giving you grief about this because if they're giving you grief about it. They sure as hell should be giving Alabama grief about the, the nonsense that they've been claiming since the 1980s. I, I mean, mean, get the, the Elmer, get the Elmer laden statue ready, ready. Let's do it. I mean, there, there is plenty of room on campus. We can, we, the, the, the Brian Kelly statue is going to go up one day, whether he wins a title or not. He's going to stick around for another five years. Well, where are we putting the Reese statue? Oh, buddy, that isn't a statue. That is a another word of life. Oh, mur- wait a minute, because they're renaming the yeah. stadium. It's no, no, no. Tommy Reese Stadium. Tommy right. Reese Stadium. That's right. I forgot. I forgot. Brian <laughs> Kelly Field. <laughs> Brian Kelly so Field at Tommy Reese Stadium. Yeah, that's right. It's going to be the O'Neill Tommy Reese Hall uh, when it's all said and done. Just a giant mural painted on the side of that building. My yeah, Lord. that's what you do with champion. That's what you do. Uh, why do you win I three more championships? I, I just need Jerry McKenna to make a Muffet statue before he uh, he he leaves this leaves shuffles off this mortal coil. So I really <laughs> wish they'd get him started on that. Uh, yeah, someone needs a someone needs to get a uh, like GoFundMe going to bring the bring the puppets back. I think we can do it. I think we, I they, think if they have the money, like, can, just come on. Well, I mean, you got to just show that, they, like, look, we, we want this so bad, we're raising money. Uh, just do it, man. Get Release the puppets. What are you, what are you doing? God, I miss those, man. I, I miss those days. Uh, God, that was so good. <laughs> so good. <sighs> Guys, dude, is there anything more about these championships that we want to talk about? Because, I mean, we have gone off on several different uh, tangents. Uh, because look, it's just such a, we're, we're going from 1919 to 2000, we're talking a hundred years, uh, worth of history here. Uh, is, is there anything more we want to talk about these years? I mean, there, there's no mention of, uh, uh, you know, of, of Rockney's nine and O seasons, both years in 19 and 20. Like, how is that not just, it's fucking Newt Rockney. <laughs> Who's going to deny your Newt Rockney's championships? It's a little year. bold. So you want a bold take? You want a bold? T- it's a little bold. It's a little bold. Bolder than 2012 a- matter? It might be. Okay. And this one's for June. 
What if Jarius Jackson doesn't get hurt on the last oh, play against God. LSU, Jude? Jude, what oh, happens God. if Jude? What yeah. happens if well, Jarius Jackson beat doesn't? USC because USC was trash. Okay, <laughs> so so they finished the season. They a garbage freshman Carson Palmer beats them ten nothing. So what if? No, there's 19, no way that was Carson Palmer. It was Car. It was a freshman Carson Palmer. It was, was a, a freshman Carson Palmer. Yeah, because it's 2002. He's a senior. Freshman Carson Palmer. Yeah. No, that does that does not no. work. Does that not, it works does not out. add up? Go That's five years. Go it's look not, it up. Not, it is 1998. Was a freshman Carson Palmer. Oh my God. Yeah. I did my research on this bad boy because uh, I wanted to bring this up at the very end. Jude, what you happened? Did. Because this is very near and dear to your heart. What happens if a, what, 10 and 1 Notre Dame football team? They were ranked ninth when they played USC. They were the ranked ninth the, when they played the, USC. They had one loss to Michigan State, and it was a terrible oh, loss. Yeah. 45-45. 45-43. 23 up 23, at uh, East yeah. Lansing. Uh, yeah. But then they went on a tear. They played nobody. They played, nobody. They six played and six. no ranked teams. They beat Michigan, uh, fifth ranked Michigan, 36 uh, 20. You know, shit their pants on East Lansing. Defending but then the rest of the season went. The yeah, the rest of the season went uh, after Michigan State was Purdue, Stanford, Arizona State, Army, Bay Baylor, Baylor, Boston College, mm-hmm. Navy. LSU, an unranked LSU, and then an unranked USC. They didn't play anybody, uh, but they were still ranked ninth uh, going into that USC game. And yeah, if if Jackson's healthy and isn't, what was it, Eric Chappelle yeah. out there? Yeah, in our battle. Then uh, a couple of wide receivers out there trying to play quarterback, uh, which is all about the Bob Davie era. Um, it was- you know, you're, talk, you're talking about you're talking about whether or not they're going to because they're not they're not jumping Tennessee because Tennessee went undefeated that season. So it's whether or not you can jump Florida State and does the Notre Dame cachet in 1998, having then finished the season and beating uh, a USC team that wasn't particularly good. I think they went six and six that year. Um, but to that point, the 98 Florida State team, they did beat the number four ranked Florida in the, uh, the rivalry game leading up to it at home um, at the same time. But before that Florida game, the USC game was sort of their banner game. Look, so, the, the, the bowl games that season. So if Notre Dame beats USC, yeah, uh, they're not going to This is the, the inaugural year of the They're not going to get picked apart by they're not going to get picked apart by Philip Rivers. And, uh, oh God, what was that tailback's name? That was incredible. TJ, yeah. Mc, uh, was it London? Is that his name? Yeah. McClendon. Yeah. 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 Both those guys were incredible. Uh, no, they've still only lost by a touchdown, but it seemed like they had no hope. Uh, but the bowl games for that year were Fiesta bowl was, the, was where Tennessee beat Florida state for the, for the championship. That was the first year of the BCS. Yeah. Uh, but you had, you had Florida, uh, ranked number seventh playing Syracuse in the orange bowl. You had Michigan playing Arkansas in the Citrus Bowl. Uh, you had I mean, the Cotton Bowl was trash. Texas was ranked 20. They played 25th, Mississippi State. Uh, the Rose Bowl, which was set in stone, uh, was nine, Wisconsin, and number six, UCLA. Uh, and the Sugar Bowl was number three, Ohio State, against number eight, Texas A&M. So, I mean, maybe they go to the Orange Bowl instead of 
instead of who? Instead of Syracuse? So they played. They would play number seven, Florida. Maybe yeah. Notre Dame's ranked seventh, maybe sixth. Why is Notre Dame ranked seventh, finishing the season um, ten and one? With a loss, right? Yeah. But I mean, there's no national championship hope in there. Uh, there's barely a top five hope uh, built in there. You uh, you you missed you mixed up your uh, Georgia Tech Gator uh, Georgia Tech uh, NC State. Thanks. They played Georgia Tech and oh, then that, that, was, that was that was Joe. Um, yeah, Joe I'm Hamilton. sorry. Joe Hamilton. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that was a big mistake on my part. Wrong gate. Wrong Gator Bowl loss. Wrong, wrong Gator Bowl. Yeah. So <laughs> that, that that one's coming. Uh, <laughs> this is the first one. <laughs> uh, yeah, Joe yeah, the, almost assuredly, people. almost assuredly, they're playing uh, Cuse in the Orange Bowl. Is I think that the way that it would have ended up breaking down. Florida was SEC. That wouldn't have been a that wasn't a tie-in at all. Yeah, so, there was an at-large bid, and they would have, been, would have been, they like would have played Donovan McNabb and in, uh, in the the Orange Bowl. And Florida won that Orange Bowl, by the way, thirty-one to ten against Syracuse. Yeah. So, so yeah, maybe a top-five finish that year for Bob Davy. Yeah, and, and, uh, Bob D. Which would have made ninety-nine even more inexplicable. You go five and seven that year, right? Yeah, 99's like the season we always end up back on. That was your what? That was, I mean, like, that was your senior year, Jude, or your so, junior year? No, that was my uh, sophomore year. Oh, so. okay. That's right, yeah. your year. Okay. Yeah, it's... <laughs> or the win in the bowl game catapults them to greatness in uh, 1999, and they end up winning a national championship. How do you know, Jude? How do you know? <laughs> I, I mean, don't 99, know. 99 was such a... I mean, we did we did the game watch the other day, which, by the way, thank you. Uh, sorry for the technical uh, difficulties of not having the 2013 Shamrock Series game, uh, but we did show you a great comeback, uh, which I believe was a record comeback for Notre Dame uh, in '99 against Oklahoma. Uh, but then later that season, they had to have another huge one, which we've talked about before with against USC. Uh, so uh, it, it was. A couple of credible wins, uh, but then you lost somebody. You don't go to a bowl game at all. Just yeah, the, the Michigan State season. curse. Uh, yeah, like That's Bob Davies, Michigan State did not mix well. I think it was Greg that said he should he should not have made it out of the Purdue game after blowing a second consecutive week where he couldn't manage the clock. Oh boy, you know? yeah. Oh yeah, I mean we're talking. I mean they started the season off one and three for God's sakes. Yeah. Well, for three. I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> that's terrible. I mean, uh, going from what 98 was, and that was the talk was if Jerry, if Jackson doesn't get hurt, you know, that's, that's a one loss going to a bowl, blah, 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 uh, to beating the shit out of Kansas, uh, <laughs> to start the season and then losing to your three big, t- it is it not just losing three in a row too. It was, it was your big 10, uh, stomp through, right? Like, the, right. regardless of our feelings with the Big Ten and all that, that's an important point of pride for the program is to beat the Big Ten and just be like, fuck you. Uh, but when you get swept by them, that is, that's, that's, yeah, you should be took out to the cleaners immediately. Josh, I'm not going to let slide your alliteration in Big Ten point of pride. Uh, that was on point. <laughs> but if I would have said Big Ten, uh, yeah. But it was uh, it was very good. The peas rolling there, the Big Ten point of pride. 
So uh, I guess the last thing I want to say is not anything related to what we talked about, but Nerd Ames is doing these game watches every week. And, and, and it's been fun for me because it's given me an opportunity to research. But the one coming up Saturday, I'm actually kind of dreading because 2006 UCLA is an actual trash game. It's I, the worst. I, I realize that, that the last whatever minute and 30 seconds is, is just pure jubilation. But there's really no reason they should have played as poorly as they did up until that point. And they really they beat a really bad UCLA team. Um, and so I think what's going to happen is that people are going to be bored out of their minds for 53 of those minutes and then and then sort of like come alert in the last couple of minutes. And, and the other thing I wanted to bring up is we're nearing the end of this like four week cycle where they basically they started off on the, uh, what they did was they asked us collectively as fans on Facebook, social media, all social media what games we wanted to watch. And, and, you know, 93 Florida state came up and that's fine. And 92 snowball came up and that's fine. And 2006 UCLA came up. And I think that's because people just remember the ending and, uh, and whatever, and we're going to watch it again. And 2019 Virginia tech is a head scratcher too, because I'm not real. I'm not real eager to rewatch that game. Um, no, you know, first of all, I, I want to no, see Ian book shush the crowd again though. Yeah. That, again, another game that, that you'll be interested in the last five minutes of, you know what I mean? And so after the, that week, they'll come around again and they'll ask us what games they, we want to watch. And I've actually put a lot of thought into what games I want to see again. I really, really, really want to see the 1998 Purdue game again because it's Drew Brees. It's got a great ending. It's 31-30. He throws a pick at the end to Tony Driver to seal it. It was just it was an am- amazing game against a, a good, like a Purdue team that was that was good. Um, and I know you guys think, oh, Purdue, whatever. This was, well, this was Purdue's heyday, though. I mean, this yeah, was the Drew Beers, Joe Tiller. Joe heyday, Tiller, Purdue. what's in Joe Tiller's mouth? We don't know, but there's something in there, and it this is when Purdue wasn't speaking. Purdue wasn't doing what Notre Dame did and absolutely forget about Fort Wayne uh, as a recruiting spot uh, and got, <laughs> got some really good players for that city. I always uh, I, I hold that against Notre Dame. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that, that was a hell of a – I mean, hell of a run for Purdue and for what it was with, you know, with Tiller and Breeze, basketball on grass, the whole, the whole yeah. nine. So when, when, you're game. Thinking about, game. when you're thinking about games, and again, Nerd Ames made this clear, they're only going to show us games since 1991 that are home games that NBC televised. So it really cuts down because when people are like, oh, I want to see 2006 Michigan State, I want to see 2002 Michigan State. Like, okay, great. I understand why you want to see those games, but those are ABC games. They're not going to show those games to you. So you have to turn into one about down, and, and start thinking about games that you can't get other ways. You know what I mean? Like that you, you could call you, you know, up until the day that they aired it, you could have called up the 93 Florida state game and watched it any damn day you wanted to. The 92 snowball game was widely available. I mean, there's games that, that have been up, up on YouTube for years that you, if you were so inclined, you, you could have watched or whatever. The 98 Purdue game, I like that doesn't exist anywhere. The 1991 Indiana game where Irv Smith drags a dude for 25 freaking yards, two dudes for 25 freaking yards. Like that game doesn't exist in like it, anywhere that I've that clip. I've never, yeah. I've never, yeah, just that clip. I've never seen like the full game or whatever. So uh, just, I, I guess I'm urging people like if it's, if it's not, if you're not going to advocate for 98 Purdue, that's fine. But like, let's advocate for a game that like, all of us haven't collectively watched that was like a that was a real good game, you know. And don't advocate for like 2000 Nebraska because like that game is fun until it's not. And don't you dare advocate for 2005 USC. I will throat punch you oh my because God. we're yeah. not. Like, there's no what's there's the whole no need point of watching a, a loss. That's that's pointless. Why would you, know? you make there's me no relive that moment? Why would I break something else again in 2020? Right. 
Yeah. Let's uh, get the 98 season. I'll take, listen, we'll consolidate. I'll go with Purdue. But if we're going to go on this journey, I want that Buck Wild 1998 LSU football game somewhere. Because yeah, yeah, <laughs> basically, if, if we can get the 98 ball to score a touchdown without actually being an offensive touchdown, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, never mind the 98 Michigan game. I want that for personal reasons, uh, for sort of my own home tapes that I can enjoy later in the evening. But <laughs> I'll take the I'll take the 98 Purdue game. I will take the 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 98 LSU game. Just I mean, if you want to get nuts, let's go 2000 Purdue game and watch freaking Gary Gotze beat uh, Drew Brees. You know, listen, Gotze, we trust. We get weird. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be you know this off season could be long. Uh, they might have to get weird with it, and if if they give us 2000 Purdue, um. I'm down. Listen, I, I would, I want to bring, I want to go back to the 2006 UCLA game for a minute and why it's a trash game to watch. Uh, here's the thing: 2006 was a uber emotional year. Uh, obviously, coming off the 2005 season, Notre Dame is on the front cover of the Sports Illustrated. This is going to be Brady Quinn's Heisman year. Uh, the Detroit Tigers are kicking ass. Uh, I mean, I think I'm going to win a World Series and a national championship and a Heisman Trophy in one year. Uh, I got married in 2006, I'm ridiculously emotional. So the Michigan game happens, whatever, uh, going past that. I'm not going to talk anymore about it other than say it happened. Michigan state game happens. I am beside myself in anger, like belligerent first few months of marriage. And my wife's looking at me like, who the hell did I marry? Uh, because I, my mother-in-law was over that night. I was insanely pissed. And mind you, this is the season that started – after this season, I started blogging. This is – so I blame the entire – blame the 2006 season on why you have to deal with me on a daily basis. So then here comes the UCLA – you know, then we – you know, the joyous victory of uh, – in the monsoon. I'm going crazy screaming out, uh, you know, into the neighborhood, into the void. Pucker, pucker, pucker. 2006 UCLA happens, right? It's a trash game. Absolutely trash game. Uh, Spencer Hall with it. Um, back then he was just Orson Swindle with every day should be Saturday. Went to that game. That is his one and only game he ever attended at Notre Dame. And it talks about that. It, it, I guess his feelings at the time, I couldn't understand, but now, you know, with plenty of distance between us and 2006, it was a terrible game. Absolutely boring, terrible game. Nothing was going right. It was just terrible up until that end. And if you weren't, you know, like he obviously is not a Notre Dame fan or a UCLA fan, even that ending wasn't, you know, it was like, yeah, it happened. It was a trash game. And I don't have any interest at all in watching it. I honestly don't. I've seen what I wanted to see in that game a hundred times because it's the only real highlight from that game. Yeah. Uh, the catch, the, the catch, the Grimes or the, the, the reception from Grimes. And then the Samarja touchdown. That's it. That other than that, it's a trash game. So, you know, 2019 Virginia Tech, are you crazy? I was there. I was there with Philip up at the press box, and we're looking at each other like, what the fuck is going on? Why are we here? Why is this happening? All we could see was shades of 2010 South Florida. That's exactly what was going on. It was like 282 yards to 80 yards at halftime, and you're going in down. Like everything just that, and that may sound exciting, like, yeah, let's watch that great kind of comeback win, but it wasn't. It was just a slow roll. 
that last drive, you know, how the hell Chase Claypool catches that on fourth down, I don't know, but that's that's it. It's that drive. It wasn't a great game. You know, uh, no doubt for this, a, a secretly trash game that I think a lot of people have fond memories of, 2014 Stanford. The Ben Koyak uh, touchdown yeah, on the corner. Yeah, absolutely. Notre Dame played back in the like end zone, yeah. awful that game. And, and just, I mean, it's a, I, what was it? The 14, 10 final or 17, 14 final. I mean, it was just, it's not a good, it's not a good game. Like I know that people, and, and I, and I urge people to think about this for two seconds. First of all, it's probably available on YouTube. You could probably watch it. Anything past anything past like 2013 is pretty much available on YouTube still. Hey, 2013 uh, so, is about you know, you don't to, really be need to be asking for You don't need to be asking for recent games. Like if you're like, Oh, let's watch them beat UC, USC like 49-19. Like, okay, just go watch it now though. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, we, like they, they've got the archive back to 1991. Like let's have some fun with this. Let's watch games. Like let's get crazy with it. You know, let's watch games that we all remember having fun with. That's why yeah. I love what we did when we, I mean, our first game was 2009 Michigan state, which was a freaking. I mean, like the 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 Golden Tate teabag in the band moment was like the Jeff Samarja moment in the 06 UCLA game, okay? But then you had everything else. Yeah, it was so much a better game to watch, more fun. I mean, it was just incredible. And then we did the 09 Washington game, which was another one that was an yeah, incredible was mayhem. game. Mayhem, fun to watch. 2009 Washington is fun to watch because it's just. It's well, it's frustrating too, but it's it's like oh, just, it's, oh it's extremely frustrating. You know, those, you know, not be able to get down the one yard line, not be able to punch it in. Like goal line stands were the thing for that game, but it, yeah. it was it's a overall it was a f- extremely fun game to watch in hindsight, knowing you know, without the stress of, <laughs> of trying to figure out if you're going to win this thing or not. Yeah, uh, you know the '99 Oklahoma game. How was that not uh, a game Notre Dame wanted to put up in a game watch? Yeah. Where's the 2000 Air Force game? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Notre Dame. Here's their first ever overtime win. 2000 Air Force. Let's do it. Come on, Notre Dame. Get it. I mean, let's have Jude's absolutely right. How many times do I say that in a podcast? Jude is 100% <laughs> absolutely correct here. Let's have some fun with this stuff. Let, let's let's stop rehashing things that we know about. Uh, let, let's dig it, dig into your archive. Well, they're going to have to let it. Here's, here's my thought. Break out a quality it's, version of a broadcast. They are going to give the best ofs. And then after they do that, that's when they're going to be like, all right, here's your 2000, uh, here's your 1996 Rutgers game. Here's well, your okay. 2000 Air Force. Here's my problem though. We're going to have to go through 2012 Stanford. I just know that pe- yeah. enough people are going to ask for that stupid ass game. Like I get it. Like it's a great game, but it's, still wide- it's widely available. Like go watch it today. You know, like let's get weird. Let's wa- let's go back. Let's actually challenge them to put out, uh, you know, a season that's worth watching. And if you put out one 98 game, you're going to put all of the 98 games out. And that's great because I haven't seen the 98 games in forever. Listen, I want to make a high quality GIF of the 1995 Army goal line stand, and I can't do it with the crap, the crap quality that's out there. So yeah, give me, give me 95 Army. I don't think that wasn't that that was a broadcast on NBC though. No, that was an ABC game. Um, yeah, that that was an ABC game because it's yeah. technically at Army because they played in uh, Jude's backyard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was at that game. The old, but anyway. the old East I mean, look. 
it's not a great game, but I, one of the games I went to was 96 Pittsburgh. Alan Rossum returns a freaking touchdown, a punt return and a kickoff return in the same quarter for touchdowns. They went 60 to six. Like, <laughs> let's get weird. You know, 97, Alan Rossum saves uh, the Navy streak by knocking the guy out of bounds. Yeah. Let's get weird. That's what I, I'm mean, I mean, if you want to dip back into the YC years too, let's, let's do... Let's do 2005 Tennessee, which was a fun ass oh, yeah. game. I'll take that yeah, all day. 2005 Tennessee was an extremely fun game. Like 2004 Tennessee at Tennessee was terrible until the end. Uh, and I, I was at a Mexican restaurant, Mex- met my in-laws for the first time, uh, and they thought I was insane. Uh, I left the dinner table, went into the bar to watch the game. Uh, I think it was the last time I ever watched a game at a bar. Uh, I had the uh, mm. I had the bartender all pissed off. But anyways, the, that 05 Tennessee game was insanely fun. You had guys like Arian Foster out there. I mean, come on. I mean, this is a that, that was a quality, quality win that you, I, I there's not a whole, a whole game of that of that out there anywhere. No one's seen that uh, that I know of. I mean, it hasn't it's never been on YouTube and got took down as far as I know of. Uh, let's watch. The only thing that exists is a highlight that freaking um, oldie put out. That's it. Yeah. I mean, Justin Marcia had a hell of a catch and run to win the game in that one. Much more exciting game than UCLA. Tom Zibikowski in that game. My God. Ugh. And so, I mean, I'm just I, I, look. I'm very excited. They put out. They've given us full seasons of. Well, right now we're missing the Purdue and Michigan games from '92, but they promised them later in the week. We've got the entire '93 season. They put out the entire 2018 season or whatever. I'm assuming we're going to get the 2006 season after the UCLA game, which is kind of weird because that means we're going to get the Michigan slaughter. Um, and, and then I get and what, that 92 North Michigan Carolina. game with a tie. <laughs> you know, like that's that's going to be that that's going to be uh, I don't know that's kind of a weird slate, but um, North Carolina then, was interesting because there was a there was almost a flat out brawl, uh, which was a great time. Uh, I, do that from 2005 through 2008. Uh, I had student pass. Student, my wife and I had student passes. I was a short Asian man, and she was a uh, a, a ginger. Uh, and my wife is most certainly not a ginger uh, for four years, and uh, which was fantastic. But uh, I had a good time at that North Carolina game. I I would like to see that again. Who was son? Just put it out there. I, I would buy. Say that again. And so I think we're going to get the 2006 season and then the, I would assume the 2019 season. And so like, okay, yeah, I get like, but the 2012 season, they literally made DVDs out of that. You know what I mean? Like it's not, those games aren't hard to find. Like I, I like if you want to get really weird, we could watch the, the triple overtime against Pittsburgh and break that down. Like the Zapruder film, but um, no. to watch, to watch no. Stanford again, it just, it feels like a waste, you know, it's like, it, I I know every I know every point of the Stanford game. I know the back and forth. I know in Goldstein. Well, you hurt, know, know you know every point of the Stanford, and I know every point of the Stanford game. And Josh knows every point of the Stanford game. But what about like Stu from Alcart from Fishers, Indiana, who's just like yeah. I'm just here to watch the game. But I haven't seen it in ten years. You know, like, what about what like what, what about the what guy about, in 2011 what about, what about, like, that said he never Jimmy watched a live game again? Yeah, what about Jimmy from Niles? Like what, 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 what does he, well, what does he remember? Jimmy, 
I, I hope that I'm Jimmy from Niles is listening tonight. And I hope that he is like, you know what? I don't have a dog in this fight, but you just said something very passionate about 1998 Purdue. And when they put that poll up, I'm going to just say 1998 Purdue. And I'm just going to go with it because I don't have a, like, I don't have a real like thing that I really want to see. And I'm hoping enough people say 98 Purdue. So we don't have to watch 2012 Stanford again. So Jude, here's what we're going to do. Jude, here's what we're going to do. Tomorrow, I'm back on the clock. Uh, four day weekends over. I'll devote part of my work day helping you put together a 1998 Purdue social media campaign. We'll get this going, bud. Yes, yes. We'll yes. put together I'll, a I'll whole go. social media campaign, and we will get 1998 Purdue. We'll make it happening. We'll make it happen. And then I hope they invite Tony Driver to come as be the special guest, and then maybe like we get Grand Irons and like Rocky Boyman. Like just cause let's, let's let's get everybody back. I, I, I'm very excited. I don't know if I want to. I don't know if we want to do twenty. Yes. Do we do tag Rocky? Hold me close, Tony Driver, or do we do, (laughs) um, or do we go a little Ronnie James Dio, uh, Tony Driver? Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know which direction we're gonna go, Jude, but we'll have to. We'll spitball. There's not enough Tony Driver love out there. I mean, after we did the ninety, the ninety-nine Oklahoma game watch. you know, Tony Driver got the winning touchdown, driving that bad boy uh, right on in the end zone. I mean, w- Tony Driver deserves way more love uh, than what he's ever given. Just put, yeah. I'm putting that out there in the universe. There's Ugh. a lot of forgotten guys from those Davy teams. They're uh, Davy had two good years, but anyway, yeah, sure did. Yeah, he was he was good on even years. Which <laughs> <were only two. laughs> he would, you know, he had two of them. But they were you know what here. I laughed so hard about was uh, in, when I was in school, people were like, well, we won a championship in 66. We won one in 77. We won one in 88. Oh, yeah. 99 is our year, man. I've been seven. <laughs> oh, man. That did not happen. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I, you know, I believe that was uh, I, I know. I know that was huge back then because I think I was I mean, I was saying it. Uh, <laughs> I was saying it for because it's like the third year. I bet you the bookstore made a really crappy T-shirt that basically alluded to that. Oh, they used to make the worst. Uh, remember the game day shirt? I don't know if they make them anymore. The worst. They were just like, no, they gave up because they were just so pathetic. And they were like, I don't know what to say about the 78th time we beat the Navy midshipmen. They're like, uh, down go the, you know, like I sunk your battleship, you know, Navy versus Notre Dame. All I know is that whatever they did, I pray to God they just, in all caps, all over the shirt, they just wrote the word middies. I hope everyone (laughs) in the third world country appreciates those shirts (laughs) that the Notre Dame bookstore shipped out because no one was buying it. Still buy like um, national championship, 2013 national championship gear from the Notre Dame fanatic store. And I always laugh so hard because it's like no matter how much they discount it, I would never like you couldn't pay me to wear that stuff around. You know, well, the best like is like getting like has Alabama's logo on it. Like, no, I'm sorry. No, no. I got a Fiesta Bowl uh, ornament. I remember in 2005 uh, oh. that it's never been box. What's that? For the Insight Bowl? Oh, 2000, no, wait, what? 2005. The, the oh, Fiesta Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that's never been took out of a box. For some reason, it's still downstairs, though. I got a big. Uh, do the a Christmas tree for for the boys. Did you design like a Laura Hawk jersey or? Uh, <laughs> that would be the away? only that would be the only thing that would make that actually worthwhile. Yeah, but, 
But I'm pretty sure that you maintain that it taking it out of the box was closer than most people thought that you would have taken it out of, right? <laughs> yeah, right. It, like I still own it. The last two like, minutes, you you had, you definitely thought that it was coming out of the box. The last two minutes, you thought it was coming out of the box, and then you were like, oof, well, maybe not. No, no. I do have a uh, Fiesta Bowl, a 2005 Fiesta Bowl koozie, uh, but that that has actually gotten some use because uh, sometimes you just you get, you know, I mean, you just reach it in the box of koozies, and that's what comes out. So be it. So it, it's a it's a bottle one. I don't have very many bottle ones. Uh, so <laughs> that's what you get. All right. Well, Jude's last uh, comment took us a little, little ways deeper, but <laughs> it's Brandon, a Do you, you got anything to close out tonight? No, I don't have anything. I'm just excited to get started on the social media campaign for one Jude Seymour tomorrow. I'm yeah, this excited. is this is happening. This is uh, if Notre Dame doesn't do it, we're we're gonna find a way. <laughs> this is definitely a busy time. All right. Well, hey everyone, thank you so much for uh, for listening to the show. Uh, again, uh, please, um, you know, give us a rating, give us a review. Uh, we're at like 147 re- uh, ratings right now. I want to get to 200 before the season. That should not be a problem. Uh, so please get on Apple Podcasts and do that. Every review you leave, we will read. You you know this. We've been doing this. Uh, so leave one. Uh, leave out your trash Tombstone Pizza comments, uh, please. But uh, you know, all week long, we're going to be talking uh, about Notre Dame's uh, unclaimed glory uh, over at One Foot Down. Uh, SB Nation is doing a huge thing site-wide. And look, we're not just talking about football. Uh, you might get something about the 2015 Elite Eight basketball team. Uh, you might get something about the 2017 Frozen Four. Uh, you know, the, we're, Notre Dame has got the, a storied history uh, in a few sports. So football is not just the only one that came close, but uh, uh, in some of these years, there's definitely basketball is one, hockey is another. Hopefully we get all this stuff out for you this week. Uh, so please come back and, uh, and check that all out. Uh, so if that's it, that's it. So thanks again for joining us and go Irish.